0: Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker, and you are listening to episode 104 of the podcast, or you're watching it on YouTube. Today is Sunday, August the 12th, and I'm back in my studio. Family is no longer in town, uh, trying to get things back to normal. In any case, a pretty light week for MMA, and let's touch base here with my co-host all the way from New Jersey. Jeff, the yeah, Animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this early Sunday afternoon, my friend?
1: I'm good, Bill. Uh, it's been raining for three straight weeks here in New Jersey, but uh, Monday was nice. So I ended up uh, going to the beach and having some locally brewed Asbury Park blonde.
0: Nice. Well, let's get into that. Let's lead with the booze this week because we're kind of light on the MMA action here
1: sure um it was it was light so it was a good summer beer uh you could you still had the hoppiness and i was getting some citrus notes uh i got some fruity notes out of it too but i think the most powerful thing in it was the citrus i couldn't tell if it was pineapple or maybe grapefruit but it was like fruity it was a fruity beer but i think you would enjoy it bill it wasn't uh, super sweet, so it still had that bitterness to it. I know you're not big on the sweets, so uh, definitely a good summertime beer. The only thing that I have to complain about is the restaurant itself. I think uh, the beer came out a little warmer than I expected. Mm.
0: Yeah, unless it's a Guinness. That's not what you want in a beer. Asbury Park's a fun town, a uh, very dog-friendly place. When I was living in New Jersey, we used to bring the dog. You could bring the dog's... Like inside of restaurants in Asbury Park, which is usually against health codes, but I guess they they swing it somewhere or the other. Yeah, I'm kind of into the. Uh, I hate to say it this way. I'm kind of into the the citrusy beers, like the IPAs and stuff. I remember when the the whole "Don't fruit your beer" movement came out uh, back in the 2000s, the early 2000s, when with like Bud Light Lime and all that coming out, and people were on one side or the other you know, don't put fruit in it or it's not beer and this and that, but you know, whatever you like, you like Uh, the, the citrusy IPAs that have been coming out from the local breweries. Though have been awesome because I I like the citrus because it just kind of complements the hops in the IPAs and it doesn't overpower. It doesn't get too sweet. Uh, I'm not into the sours though, Jeff, the the Mm. sours are, are really popular, like the gozas and stuff like that. I can't get on board with it. I don't have, I don't have the palate that enjoys uh, sour beverages, but I was sipping on something interesting last night. Uh, I just kind of threw a cocktail together. I I took some spiced rum, actually uh, mermaid rum, which is made locally here in Florida. And uh, I put some Grand Marnier with that, which is an orange liqueur, and then a splash of lemon seltzer. So it was kind of like a rum something with a twist, I guess. I like the uh, I like the orange liqueur with the spiced rum because it kind of complements it really well. Nice, uh, nice summer drink, you know. For a lot of for a lot of the country, we're getting near the end of summer. Of course, here in Florida, it's always summer, but um, you know those last days of summer. It, it's always kind of nice to reminisce about when I used to dread the winter and uh, try and get those last few summer cocktails in. Uh, you know, before all the, the pumpkin beers and the uh, and everything else starts coming out. Pumpkin lattes and pumpkin pancakes and pumpkin uh, pumpkins. Uh, (laughs) Uh, In any case, Jeff, well, we did have a little bit of MMA action and uh, over the weekend. This is a card I wouldn't normally watch, and it was M1 Global. Uh, Some people may remember M1 Global. It it was a Russian organization. It may still be, uh, but they're starting to have some events in the United States now. They fight in a hexagon shaped ring. So it's got ropes and everything, but it's got six sides. It's very obscure, but um, they made kind of a resurgence uh, maybe eight years ago uh, when they, when they got Fedor after the UFC couldn't acquire Fedor's contract when they bought out pride. So M1 global was kind of like, they put all their eggs in one basket with Fedor. And, you know, they they put on some pretty decent fights, but they're still showing Fedor uh, in their promo reels. <laughs> so I, I guess not a lot has been going on with M1. Uh, but it looks like they're having a resurgence now. In any case, I wouldn't normally watch this fight, but my teammate Dave Mundell took a fight uh, on, I believe it was two weeks notice uh, to fill in for the main event against a guy named douglas usher and he moved up a weight class he normally fights at 170 pounds he moved up to 185 took this fight on short notice uh he looked great in the first round uh especially you know given the size discrepancy i thought there was and uh you know rocked him but fortunately things didn't go his way there was a flash knockdown in the second round the referee stopped it um you know no argument about the stoppage obviously you don't want to see your teammate get hurt but uh, I was proud to see him get in there, step up to uh, a main event fight. Uh, I know the UFC has had him on their radar for a little while now, and it would be awesome to uh, see him get those opportunities. But the guy's a warrior, man. He'll, he'll fight anybody, uh, and that's something I respect about him a lot. And So while I watched this card, though, the co-main event, somebody who stood out to me was a lightweight, Yoslandi Escadero, uh, finished his opponent with a question mark kick to the head. And it was nasty, man. He, like, faked the low kick and then whipped his leg around his opponent's arm and landed on the head and just put him out. Um, And his opponent had also missed weight by four pounds. Here's something interesting about N1 Global, Jeff. They do penalty cards. So if you miss weight, you're automatically deducted a point. Uh, Now, I don't know how they get this by the athletic commissions or how – this was sanctioned. I haven't looked too much into it. Uh, I plan to do a little bit more research about it, but that's interesting to me. So at the start of the fight, uh, before the referee says, you know, are you ready? you ready? Let's fight. He holds up a yellow card to the guy who misses weight and deducts a point right off the bat. And, uh, you know, any any solution for the weight issue at this point it is welcome with open arms as far as I'm concerned. So uh, Iscaidero – facing an opponent who missed weight by four and a half pounds or so and puts him to sleep the other thing about m1 is that the mat looks super slippery guys were were sliding all around on it it looked like one of those uh slip and slides like when you're a kid and you like slide into the shark's mouth and stuff i never had that one though we would just like run a hose over a tarp in my backyard because (laughs) it's That's how we did it in my neighborhood. And in any case, Jeff, I know you didn't catch uh, any of these fights, but I was texting you about them this morning. So a uh, pretty decent card. They had uh, Luke Sanders, uh, UFC fighter who was actually fighting in two weeks uh, on the Nebraska card, UFC Fight Night 135. Uh, he was the commentator for this, uh, which was interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, some of these fighters are really good uh, and transition well to television and then others are interesting and I'll leave it at that. So <laughs> M1 Global other than that not a whole lot of MMA action going on but this coming week we have Thursday and Friday we have Professional Fighters League on Thursday August 16th and then we have Bellator on the 17th um it, you know nothing to cancel plans about but uh, you know some pretty decent cards w- what's on the top of your mind Jeff uh, before, before we get into uh, breaking these fight cards down here.
1: Uh, the point deduction actually really uh, interested me. That sounds like a really interesting concept. And I think it's a good punishment for someone who doesn't make weight. You know, you start the fight already at a disadvantage on the scorecard. So I think it's really interesting. I I, I kind of agree with you. I'd like to learn a little bit more about that but bill before we get into any of these fight cards there have been and also credit to your teammate dave dude because to get in there and fight someone on two weeks notice uh main event spot that's that's a really tall order for anybody so yeah. and, and going up a weight class uh which to me 15 pounds is a giant jump uh, i feel like there should be some sort of Another weight class in between welterweight and middleweight, but much credit to your teammate. And I know he'd probably perform a lot better with a full training camp. Um, but Bill, uh, there's been some movement in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> you know, there's uh TJ Dillashaw has been beefing with this boxer who I didn't even know. Was a boxer until yesterday afternoon, uh, Gervonta Davis, and they've kind of been going back and forth saying that they could knock each other out in one round and that they don't even need to train for the other. So it's pretty interesting. Bill, what do you, what do you think of this crossover between MMA and boxing?
0: I think it's, uh, cute. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, and I saw, I thought it was funny, their, their interaction. It started off Gervonta Davis who's a a young, brash boxer. I I believe he may be undefeated. I don't really know. I don't follow boxing that closely anymore just because it's so corrupt and and gotten to be uh, not interesting because of all the politics and everything like that. And and MMA is just so much more exciting to me. But it started off, Javante Davis just tweeted, I want to fight the guy who knocked out Cody Garbrandt. You know, kind of downplaying T.J. Dillashaw like he didn't know who he was. And, uh, you know, I I think a lot of people in the MMA world, unless you follow boxing, probably don't know who Javante Davis is. Uh, You know, he's an explosive young kid. Uh, If this was going to be an MMA fight, I mean, there's not even any use having a discussion about this. Uh, You can't put a straight boxer in an MMA cage against an elite-level fighter like T.J. Dillashaw. Uh, there's no way this thing ever comes together. Uh, I don't know how TJ would do in a boxing ring. Uh, his, his striking is, you know, pretty top notch. Uh, but I don't think he would be bringing anything into a boxing ring that, that boxers haven't seen before. Uh, I I don't know if his boxing is at that kind of level. Uh, I think it's like a, a silly discussion to even have. But, you know, in a light MMA <laughs> news week, uh, I guess it's worth mentioning. Uh, I don't know. But if you look at the Twitter, the Twitter interactions, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know. What was your take on it, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I was just amused, um, you know, because this fight will probably never happen. So, you know, it was funny just watching them go at it. Um, and I think TJ Dillashaw is kind of, I think maybe they're both, uh, taking everything like, uh, like a grain of salt, you know, no, with a grain of salt, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty amusing. Um, Bill, real quick, I just remembered something that happened. So, um, what's his name? Chael Sonnen just released a video talking about 12 to 6 elbows, and I only remember this now because, um... I was training on Friday night, and by accident, I caught an elbow uh-huh. training jujitsu, and it was like the point of the elbow right on top of the head. And Bill, it hurts like it was two days ago. It still hurts. <laughs> so any dreams I had of being a UFC fighter have gone down the drain at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I mean there is a light debate about the twelve to six elbow, which uh, of course is banned right now and it's a stupid reason that it was banned because some guys on the athletic commission saw some karate master breaking bricks with his elbow and they were like holy shit if he could do that to some bricks imagine what he could do to someone's skull uh the real problem with it is you know fighters have died in the past over in thailand uh so muay thai strikers you know you don't have to worry about takedowns or anything when you're fighting in muay thai what they would do is jump straight up in the air like a video game and they would come down with their elbow on the top of their opponent's head and there have been some deaths as a result of this and i think that may be what is keeping the 12 to 6 elbow illegal um i don't really see it as as like a necessary thing like it's not going to make or break whether or not I want to tune into a fight I mean we had the incident with Eddie Alvarez there was uh, John Jones's only loss to Matt Hamill which a lot of people don't count but you should count because he got disqualified and that's one of the ways you lose a fight so he he lost um but other than that this doesn't really come up that much and uh I know Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan were kind of going back and forth about it on the broadcast last week Week and i didn't really catch it because i was watching this at a bar and i i typically don't have the um the sound very high when i'm watching the pay-per-views anyway but uh, i think joe rogan joe rogan's a big advocate of getting rid of the 12 to 6 elbow and daniel cormier said you know he's in favor of keeping the rule and i think rogan was surprised he said you know you're the only elite level fighter i've ever heard say that but of, of course Uh, Daniel Cormier wants to keep it because it affected his biggest rival ever in John Jones. You know, if you change that rule, then you acknowledge the fact that that uh, John Jones probably should not have been disqualified against Matt Hamill. And that's, you know, the only blemish on John Jones's record. So. You know, it kind of makes sense that Cormier is in favor of the rule, but yeah, uh, that's that's one of the things that's been going around, and I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, Twitter, Jeff, which I want to remind you now that you didn't even have a Twitter account
1: when we started this. Uh- <laughs> this is true. I only created Twitter when we started the podcast, but bro, I gotta tell you, I enjoy it, man. I can say whatever I want, um, you know, and if I don't like something, I just keep swiping up. So I dig it. Yeah.
0: There you go. It's it's really a quick way to get news in like small doses. I don't like reading these long articles or blog posts and everything with with all this erroneous information in it. Sometimes I like to just scan through Twitter and see what's going on, and and it keeps it easy. Um, but I, I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw Conor McGregor had tweeted something about the anniversary of of him knocking down Pauly Malinaji. <laughs> When he was getting when he was training for <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, so um, a lot of people may or may not remember this. So when Conor was getting ready to fight Mayweather last year, uh, he brought in Paulie Malinaji, who's former world world champion boxer from Brooklyn, brought him into his camp, b- brought him in like jet lagged and everything, and put him in a in the ring to spar with Conor, and, uh, and Conor knocked him down with a punch, and and that. 30 seconds uh went viral on the internet because obviously the UFC was controlling it and and deciding which which parts of the video would get out there and Paulie was saying that it was a slip it wasn't (laughs) and he went on this whole thing he went on like a world tour trying to convince people that it was a slip it wasn't a knockdown and, and all this and I loved seeing him get so riled up about it um so connor tweeted like oh it's the anniversary like you you of you fallen on your ass or something and i think a lot of connor's uh tweets are are very um methodical you know he's probably got some kind of pr agency that's telling him when to put stuff out uh you know, he doesn't remember the anniversary of that knockdown or the release of the video or whatever. Like, a lot of these fighters, they are working with PR agencies to help them kind of build their online presence and stuff like that because it's really important for marketing your brand as a fighter these days. So, uh, Paulie saw that, and he went off, and he's like, you know who the real champ is? And then I just, let, like, at first it was annoying, but now it's kind of funny like how riled up he gets over it um
1: did did you catch this one yeah it was it was really amusing just seeing uh paul Malinaji just get so worked up you know it's it's not that big of a deal but it is amusing um i mean i guess he doesn't have too much going on these days now that he's retired from boxing so it is pretty amusing um bill there was something i was gonna ask you and then i completely forgot what it was
0: all right couldn't have been that important then uh yeah, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, before we move on from the the Twitterverse, if you want to get a hold of Jeff on Twitter, it's at animal underscore Wilson. But if he doesn't like what you're saying, he's gonna he's just gonna scroll up. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this Professional Fighters League card, Jeff. Uh, we got into it a little bit last week. Um, you and I are both fans of this uh, of this format here. They have the tournament system, of course, the winner in each weight class. Uh, has the chance to win a million dollar prize, and it's based on points. You, you don't get points if you miss weight, which we're both a fan of. And then if you get a finish in the first round, it's worth more than say a decision. So uh, it really forces fighters to push the pace, and it's made for some really exciting fights. So definitely check out Professional Fighters League if you have nothing to do on a Thursday night, or just set your DVR, you know, watch it on on Friday after work, or you know Saturday morning whatever the case so this card uh is gonna see a lot of the fighters entering the second round of the tournament so the main event ray cooper the third who's coming off a knockout win over jake shields is uh fighting pavel kush and then we have um uh, khabib Nurmagomedov's cousin Ab- abubakar Nurmagomedov, who's coming off a submission loss uh, he's going to be fighting against Jonathan Weston, so it's it's kind of interesting this tournament the, the point system because even if you lost your first fight, you, you know if the guy in first place uh, doesn't have a lot of points and you have a fir- you get a first round finished, then you're bumped right back up into contention for this million dollar prize. So just looking up and down this card, we have some UFC veterans on here as always. John Howard uh, fighting Bruno Santos, Rick the Horror Story. Uh, fighting an undefeated fighter in Carlton Minus. And, uh, of course, Jake Shields is back. Pretty quick turnaround after getting knocked out by Ray Cooper. He's fighting Armand Torado And then Eddie Truck Gordon on here as well. The fight I'm most excited for, Jeff, Kayla Harrison in her second mixed martial arts fight. Of course, Kayla Harrison, Olympic gold medalist in judo. Um, and she, uh, she trains under the hands of Gracie Banner and you and I have had some interactions with her. Uh, really awesome to see her getting into MMA. She's stepping up in competition, this time taking on Josette Cotton, who is eight and 8-1, so it's going to be interesting uh, to see how she does You know, the second time. She was very dominant in her debut, and I imagine she's only going to get more so as she gets comfortable in there because she – is a top-notch competitor uh thoughts on the professional fighters league card i know i was kind of bouncing all over the place jeff what's sticking out to you
1: so bill first off i like how these matchups are set because i'm looking at the card on my other screen right now and a lot of these guys are matched up based on their points so if you have five points you're probably going up against someone who has five points maybe six points so i really like that it makes the matchups pretty easy and It's finally starting to take shape. We're seeing who's in first place, who needs to pick up the pace a little bit. And, dude, the fight that really stands out to me, well, there's two of them. The first one uh, is Jake Shields versus Herman Torado, just because, like you said, it's a quick turnaround, especially after getting knocked out. Um, I believe I was actually visiting you. I think we watched that live. and. Mm That was maybe four weeks ago so that's a really quick turnaround we'll see how much he's recovered and the other fight that sticks out to me is kayla harrison uh, in her second fight against jazette cotton and cotton is eight and one i don't think you get there um by being good at just one thing i think you get there by uh having a couple of different tools in your locker there so it's going to be really interesting i think there's a step up in competition for Kayla Harrison, uh, you know, she's a really, really tough fighter, but uh, we'll see if Gazette Cotton can maybe take her into some unknown ground that she hasn't gone over yet.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, interesting card. Uh, and Herman Torado, who's fighting Jake Shields, uh, lost via submission in his last fight, so uh, that may be something good, uh, some good news for Jake Shields, uh, who's definitely in need of win in this tournament here. So if he can get a quick submission uh you know he may be right back in this tournament here obviously one of the favorites coming in one of the biggest names on this roster but you know great uh weeknight event you know we don't have the contender series anymore we haven't really been talking about it on this show but i've been watching every week the contender series has been good uh you know you get home on tuesday night you get some live fights um i haven't been watching them live but You know, I watch them on a little bit of a delay, try to stay off Twitter until I can catch them. But, uh, you know, I like the middle of the week stuff. It it keeps things going. And uh, apparently the Ultimate Fighter isn't going anywhere. So Dana White uh, announced also that the Ultimate Fighter will continue on the ESPN Plus platform or on ESPN something, ESPN 8, the Ocho, perhaps. Uh, (laughs) For any dodgeball fans out there. But a lot of people are upset that the Ultimate Fighter is going to keep going. I I don't understand this. Like, if you don't like the show, then don't watch it. Why does it anger you that it is that it exists? Uh, (laughs) I'm actually I'm actually kind of glad to hear that the Ultimate Fighter is not going anywhere. You know, maybe they're going to make some changes. You know, mix up the format a little bit, give it a uh, a fresh makeover. ESPN will put their spin on it, uh, and it gets more eyes on the sport. You know, being on ESPN is going to be good for the sport in general, which means the fighters get paid better, which means we get to see better fights and so on and so forth. So I don't see how it's a bad thing for anybody. You know, if it pisses you off that the ultimate fighter is going to stay on the air, then I don't know. I think you need to reevaluate your outlook on life perhaps because it <laughs> seems to be a little too glass half empty. Uh, <laughs> I'm so pissed that this exists. I don't, I know I don't have to watch it, but I don't like that. It's there. Uh, <laughs> i don't understand people sometimes jeff in any case we also have bellator on friday uh that that professional fighters league card in your neck of the woods jeff uh atlantic city so you know if you decide to take a last minute trip uh uh, on wednesday night down there i'm gonna expect some uh some live tweeting and, and live texting of this event um in any case we got um bellator on friday i don't actually think i know a single fighter on this card but uh you know if if i'm home on a friday night with nothing else to do maybe i'll throw this on Uh, darren caldwell actually uh and noad lahat uh are the main event that should actually be an interesting fight and you know we got uh some undefeated fighters on here we got some fighters with no fights uh (laughs) uh Taiwan Claxton's on here he's a 2-0 fighter i believe he's he's one of these prospects that Bellator is trying to build up um you know two nasty uh knockout wins the guy has two fights and he's been in the octagon for less than 5 minutes so you know that's something to keep an eye on uh nothing really jumping off the page uh on the rest of this card you actually have a guy who's 0-0 fighting a guy who's 0-1 uh but I don't know, uh, anything piquing your interest with this one, Jeff?
1: Yeah, uh, there's a bantamweight on here. His name is James Gallagher. I call him the fake Conor McGregor because he has, like, that chest <laughs> tattoo going on. But, um, but um, you know, joke aside, he's a good fighter, dude. I've seen him in there. Yeah. Um, he's pretty well-rounded so i believe he trained with conor mcgregor's camp i think uh he might have been the guy for whom conor mcgregor jumped over the into the cage that one time i might be mistaken i might be getting that mixed up but i have seen this kid before and he's pretty good so i'm definitely interested to see how he does and here i think he's got a lot of potential bill and speaking of bellator uh this just clicked in my head um Bill, have you seen a picture going around? Actually, you're the one who sent it to me, of um, Husamar Paul Harris.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. The guy that looks so inflated, like they like they blew him up. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, the guy always looked like he was on PEDs even when he, when he was in the UFC. He was just abnormally big because he's like, He's like five foot two, but if you measured him like how wide he was, he's like six foot nine. <laughs> the guy's built like a fire hydrant. Um, yeah, that's a funny pick. Uh, I think I may have tweeted it out. Uh, so you can go take a look if you don't know what we're talking about here at him, Mail on the Rocks. But yeah, uh, great job pointing out James Gallagher. He's coming off a submission victory over Lyoto Machida's brother, Chinzo Machida. Uh, and he's got three submission, three uh, submission victories in a row. So, yeah, that's someone to keep an eye on. And he's he's fighting a uh, Ricky Bendejas, who's only has one loss in his record. I think he's thirteen and one, or ten and one. Um, yeah. So Bellator is interesting. If you don't have anything to do, like I said, don't cancel any plans this week on Thursday or Friday. But you know, if you're just hanging out at home Thursday and Friday night, you got some fights. And then uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm actually going to be up in New York for this one, UFC Fight Night 135. Uh, Justin Gaethje and James Vick headlining this one. Uh, so this card, I, I don't know, this main event just doesn't do it for me. I, maybe I'll change my mind after not having UFC for two weeks. But And I know there's been some good trash talk, and these are both really exciting fighters, but I don't know what it is. It's, this uh, This main event kind of misses the mark for me. Uh, And there's some good fights on here. Uh, Michael Johnson, Andre Feely, we can get deeper into it uh, next week. James Krause and Warley Alvarez is actually a good fight. And uh, Ronnie Yaya and Luke Sanders. So Luke Sanders, who I was just talking about, the broadcaster from M1 Global. uh, That should be a good fight. But I don't know. Anything really tickling your fancy here, Jeff?
1: Uh, just looking at this card, nothing crazy is standing out to me besides the James Vick and Justin Gaethje fight. Uh, their trash talk has been pretty interesting, pretty amusing. So uh, I'm curious, man, because I don't know how much Justin Gaethje's got left in him. He's been in some wars, especially since he came into the UFC. He's, it feels like each and every one of his fights has been just an all-out brawl. Um but i am seeing joanne calderwood on here uh Mm -hmm. she's a very entertaining fighter uh so we'll see we'll see what this card has in store for us
0: yeah all right so we can get further into that next week and then so ryzen had an event at like in the middle of the night last night because it was in japan so for those who don't know ryzen r-i-z-i-n is the organization that pretty much took the place of Pride. For those of you who are old school MMA fans, or I'm sure a lot of you, even if you're newer fans, you've seen videos of Pride. Uh, You can't be an MMA fan and not know what Pride is, but uh, Ryzen is basically the reincarnation of Pride. And a lot of UFC fighters who get cut have been going over there. Uh, They're a little more lax about the performance enhancing drugs and, and things like that. In fact, Pride used to encourage steroids. Uh back in the day. Uh so the main event saw uh, a second round knockout of Yusuki Yaki by Luis Gustavo Fel- <laughs> Felix dos Santos, who is nine and oh. So I guess that was a good one. I did not see this event. Uh I'm just kind of glancing over it here. Angelo Magana who, of course, had a really long streak of bad luck and, you know, almost got murdered in her last fight (laughs) in the UFC. And Mario Yamasaki just let her get the snot beat out of her. Uh, She was submitted last night or early this morning by Kanato Murata. And Angela Magana, there was a a video that went pretty viral in uh, the MMA Twitter world of Angela Magana at the weigh-ins coming out dressed, I guess, like an anime character and she did kind of like a throat cutting motion towards her opponent and when she did that she had like a blood packet that burst and she got blood all over her white dress and uh, it was very theatric and she had her ass cheeks hanging out and it was it was kind of cringe worthy. Uh <laughs> like I get what she's I get what she's doing but it just kind of it kind of makes you uncomfortable almost. In any case uh, I think we can pretty much wrap it up here, Jeff. Unless there's anything pressing on your mind, you want to get off your chest.
1: Uh, no, just uh, that Husamar Paul Harris in that recent picture. He looks like he ate a flyweed. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is what it looks like.
0: Yeah, dude. He, it looks on. It looks uncomfortable. Like how swelled up his muscles are. It looks like they were just. He looks like Bane. Like, <laughs> like he just. <laughs> Like, he was always super muscular, but it just, like, man, I feel bad for that guy's joints. It's got to be – in any case, he looks like a video game character. In any case, we'll call it here a uh, pretty pretty short episode this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to uh, wrap up Professional Fighters League and Bellator. Uh, we'll kind of talk about the results of those, and we'll do a, a deeper dive into UFC Fight Night 135. from lincoln nebraska all right so for jeff the animal wilson who if you want to get a hold of on twitter at animal underscore wilson you guys know how to get a hold of me it's at mma on the rocks on all your favorite social media platforms that's all we got for this week until next time cheers everybody goodbye